Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. I want to welcome everybody joining us at all of our Christ Fellowship locations today. Everybody here at Gardens, good to have you with us. And everybody that's joining us online. I kind of like that song. It kind of made you want to move a little bit this morning. I wanted to get up on the platform and sing with them. You could have yeah. done that, hey. But uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good one this past week. Didn't eat too, too much food. Uh, but this weekend is actually the official kickoff to Christmas. And I know that many of you have been playing Christmas music for months. And your house has been decorated for weeks. You're a bunch of overachievers, and we know who you are, right? Yeah, well, this week we are kicking off our new series, Joy to the World. Hashtag, what about me? Yeah. Right? So if joy is being passed out in the world, I want to get in on some of that, right? Yeah, we sing the song, Joy to the World, uh, and we see the commercials, uh, the public's commercials, where everybody's in the kitchen, baking Christmas cookies together. Everybody's all dressed up, smiling, happy. And you watch that and you're like, whose house is that? Because in my house, you know, there's usually one person stuck in the kitchen working and everybody else is lazy, right? Yeah. 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 And she's usually the one in the kitchen working. I'm joking. Hey, you know what though? The, The truth is, is that all of us come into Christmas season with some expectations, even if we don't verbalize them. But the problem is that there's usually a gap between our expectation and our reality, right? You know, because, because we, even, we expect sometimes that joy is gonna magically appear because there's presents under the tree and there's Christmas songs in the mall. But sometimes, if you're like me, Christmas time can be anything but joyful, right? From, from fighting all the, all the crowds in the mall, right? The, the crowds at, at Black Friday. Did anybody else go out on Black Friday? To fighting the traffic on I-95. I think it's 10 times worse this year, right? Yeah. Or trying to find and capture that perfect Christmas photo. Yes. Yeah, we had a few like that several years in a row, right? But we, can, we, we want the joy. But, but we don't know how to find the joy. And you know, in recent survey, they found that so many people have experiences just like this. It says that people deal with more stress and anxiety this time of year than any other time. 59% of people define it as chaotic. They just wanna get through it. 47% of people said they, they just wish they could just skip Christmas altogether. 69% say that, that they have increased conflict in relationships. 61% of people are stressed out about the financial cost of this time of year. It seems like the most wonderful time of the year has become the most stressful time of yeah, the year. Yeah, and it's ironic and quite sad that this season where we celebrate God's greatest gift to us, that the uh, spiritual enemy of your soul, the devil, is trying to take from you what Jesus came to bring to you, which is peace and hope and and joy. And as we were praying about this message this week, uh, we we didn't want to just give you a, a sermon, a word that would help you make it through the next few weeks and maybe feel good about Christmas. We actually wanted to go someplace deep. And when we talk about joy, we're not talking about a gospel light message. When we're talking about joy, it's actually impo- an important part of your theology, which means you need to know what God says in his word about joy. Yeah, a few things you need to know is that 
The word joy and rejoice is used over 140 times in the New Testament, which means this must be pretty important, which means that, that joy, it's not frivolous, it's serious. Yeah, it is. Joy is not frivolous, it's serious. That's why C.S. Lewis said that joy is the serious business of heaven. And we need to take it just as seriously as God takes it. And I would even go as far as saying that, that God is a God of joy yes. and he wants you to be happy. Yep. And you may think, Julie, you sound pretty convinced about this. Yep. And the truth is I am. First of all, because if you ask any parent what they want most for their children, they want them to be happy, yes. right? And our God is a good father. He's a he good is. parent and he wants you to experience joy. Yes. But the second reason is, is because when God sent the angels to the earth to declare that his son, the hope for humanity was going to arrive that night, this is what he said in Luke chapter two. It says that this, this was the message from God himself. The angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. See, this good news of Jesus was going to cause great joy. And that word great in the original Greek means mega joy, yeah. mega joy. It's one of the only times this is used all throughout scripture. This mega joy means that you're gonna have this uncontainable joy yep. that yep. you just can't keep to yourself. This unexplainable joy that even in your darkest seasons, because you have the presence of the Spirit of God himself, that you can experience this deep joy that supersedes your circumstances. That's why, as a Christ follower, we believe the second thing about joy, that joy is not optional. Yeah. If you're a Christ follower, joy is not optional. It is an essential part of the Christian life. Yeah, the truth is, we as Christians should be the happiest people on the planet, right? Because we've got the joy of the Lord. The joy, we sang it this morning, right? And that came out of the gospel, or the, out of the book of Nehemiah, chapter eight, uh, says the joy of the Lord is our strength, which means if you lose your joy, you lose your strength. That's why the joy of the Lord is so important. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that they may have, that you may have, and enjoy life and have it into an abundance until it overflows, which means Jesus wants your joy to overflow, like to be mega joy, more than you need, more than you can contain so that it overflows onto other people. Now the Bible also tells us where this joy comes from. Uh, it says that the joy is an outflow of a spirit-filled life. In Galatians chapter 5, 22, Paul says the fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit, the byproduct of a spirit-filled Christian, right? So think about it. That fruit doesn't just happen. That seed's gotta be planted, and then over time, it grows into fruit, which is why the third thing we know about joy is that. Joy is available but it's not automatic. That's joy. right, I love that because it tells us that, that joy isn't something that happens to us, it's what happens when. And, and what the scripture is saying that, that fruit is what happens when a seed is planted and cultivated. And for us, the fruit of the spirit, this joy is what happens when 
We are spirit-controlled, spirit-empowered when we live that kind of life, right? When we allow the spirit of God to change us and we give more more control and and more permission for the spirit to do what he wants to do and work in us. See, the the joy of the Lord is actually an outflow. It's what happens when we live this kind of life. And when we we have the spirit-empowered life, we're not gonna go searching for this joy See, this joy and this hope is within us. It's yeah. found yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. See, I, I, can't, I can't create it, but I can cultivate it. Good. It requires intentionality. Yeah. So that begs the question, what's the problem? Yeah. Like if Jesus came to give us mega joy, why are so many people mega miserable? Yeah. Right? Well, it could be that we have a problem. And the problem is the way we define joy. We often define joy as not having any problems. And that's a problem, right? We think when everything's going good, when all the bills are paid, when nobody's fussing or cussing at each other, then, oh, then, then, then we'll have joy. But that's a problem because you're always gonna have a problem. See, see, joy isn't the absence of a problem, it is the answer to our problems. Joy isn't the absence of having problems, joy is, the answer to the problems that we are facing. Even that first Christmas when the angel said he has come to bring good news of mega joy, the people had some mega problems going on. In fact, the whole Christmas story, when you think about it, is an answer to the greatest problem ever. The problem of of sin, the sin that separates us from, from God. When man rebelled against God, it actually caused a separation between mankind and God, between you and God. And man tried everything he could to try to make up for that sin problem, but nothing he could do could ever take care of it. So God did what only he could do. And Christmas is the beginning of God beginning to answer that problem so that we could come back. Yeah, and when you think about it, the whole Christmas story is about people that had a lot of problems. I mean, you, you think about Mary, she had a problem. She, she was pregnant and she was not married. She also had a fiance named Joseph who had a problem. His fiance was gonna have a baby and God was the father. I mean, what were people gonna say about this? But even with all the problems that surrounded the Christmas story, right? Even though th- there were a lot of problems, the story is marked with joy, not because of the absence of problems, but because of the presence of Jesus. Not because of the absence of problems, but, but because that Jesus was gonna be the answer to those problems. And throughout the entire Christmas story, what we see is this repeated pattern that, that unlocks the true joy, the lasting joy that Jesus came to give. And for us to experience this kind of mega joy we're talking about, for us to experience a lasting joy, that is going to outlast this season. There's, there's a couple of choices that we have to make. Remember we said it doesn't just happen. We have to choose it. Right. And one of the first choices that, that we need to make is that, that as we enter into this season together, that we rethink Christmas. Yeah. We, we think about Christmas, the real story, and we rethink the whole reason for Christmas. That's right. The whole story of Christmas. And, and I think rethinking Christmas, it starts by rethinking how we celebrate 
these next few weeks and, and what we're actually celebrating. You know, I remember when our son Jefferson was, was turning three and I wanted to prepare the best birthday party ever, right? He was into veggie tales. And so I made the veggie tail cake and I had veggie platters and I sent out the, the perfect invitations to all of our friends. And, and the three days leading up to his birthday, I actually spent a lot of time like preparing the perfect party, right? I, I basically ignored him, put him in front of video games and let him eat whatever he wanted for three days. Um, while I prepared, made all the preparations for the party. And so when the day of the party arrived, everybody else had a great time, but Jefferson actually spent the whole time in timeout. I mean, he was miserable, he was crying, and I was like, this is a disaster. I thought, it's not supposed to be this way. But I, I actually didn't stop to think about what would what would actually make him happy yeah. on his birthday, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a much more simple plan. Yeah. And so many times, sadly, this is actually how I've approached Christmas, right? I, I've, I've prepared the perfect invite. Um, I, I, I try to buy the perfect gifts, cramming more in the calendar than is humanly possible to be able to do, and then expecting it to bring joy. And so many times, I've, I've ignored the birthday boy. Oh. I, I haven't really taken the time to ask, how would, how would Jesus want to be celebrated? What yes. would, bring, what would bring him joy and honor on his birthday? Yeah. And how could I be a part of that? Yeah. Yeah. What if we told you that on December 26th, the day after a Christmas, that you could have actually experienced this mega joy that Jesus came to bring, that you and your family and your kids, if you have children, would be more focused on others than on themselves, and that you didn't have to go into huge debt and worry about how you're gonna pay off Christmas? Wouldn't that be great? Like, if you got to the end of December and went, oh, I experienced joy and peace and our family were focused on others. And then, well, if you want something different than you've had before, you've got to do something different than you've ever done before, right? And it starts by rethinking Christmas. So instead of racing from Black Friday yeah. to Cyber Monday to I spent too much Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> we've all been there, right? What if we stop and rethink what Christmas is really all about? And when we actually ask ourselves some questions that we already know the answer to, who is this all about? What, what are we really, you're right, what are we really celebrating at this time of the year? And, and, and am I willing to do Christmas differently this year than I've done in years past? Yeah, those are all great questions to ask ourselves. And when you think about it, the entire Christmas story started with a question. It was the most important question that was ever asked in the history of humankind. It was when the angel showed up to Mary. And a lot of times that we can, we can think about Mary and, and we can reduce her to a character in a story. But just for a minute, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of a 15-year-old teenager, right? She was a real teenager with real parents, with a real reputation, with a real fiance that was freaking out because he was expecting her to be faithful to him. And you know, I, I think sometimes we can get so familiar with these characters that, that we can lose the gravity and the wonder of what really happened on that first Christmas. Yeah. And you look at Luke chapter one and it tells us that, that when God sent this angel Gabriel to Mary, he, he came in and he had a message for her. It says that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a virgin named Mary and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And Gabriel told her all about God's plan, how he wanted to, to, to use her to be able to bring the hope 
for the world into the world to give birth to his son, Jesus, and how the Holy Spirit was gonna overshadow her and how this, this son was going to change the world. And even though it says that Mary was confused and she was disturbed, she said this, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And see, the question was, Mary, will you carry the hope of the world into the world? Will you carry, will you, will you carry this light yeah. into a desperate, dark world? And even though Mary didn't understand the full picture, even though she didn't get all the answers to her questions, she said, yes. She said yes, and, and she stepped into her purpose. And you know, all, all the world has been blessed by her yes. It was because of her yes that, that we could step into a relationship with Jesus. It was because of her yes, it opened the door for God's grace to enter into the heart of mankind. Yeah, you know, God asked Mary to carry Jesus into the world, and God asks us the same thing. He asks you the same thing, to carry Jesus and the hope of Jesus and the joy of Jesus into your world, into your workplace, into the place you spend your days, into school, your family. Maybe it's into your own, your own household to carry Christ. As a church, he asks us to carry Christ into the world so that others can find what we found, so that we can share what he's, he's given to us. It's the same question for us. So and that all begins by rethinking Christmas. It says this, Paul says this in Romans 12, don't copy the behavior and patterns and customs of this world, but instead let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Think about that. He's saying don't let the customs of the world, the patterns of this world, the, the, the behavior of how they, everybody else celebrates Christmas, don't, don't, let, don't let how the world thinks shape how you think. Don't let how the world thinks shape how you think. You act, let God transform you and change you. So just because your family has always celebrated Christmas one way, doesn't mean that's the way. Just because you always go over the top, you always give the kids everything they want. It's just the way my parents did it. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that's the way you're supposed to do it. We've got to stop and we've got to rethink Christmas. Yeah, and rethinking Christmas takes time. It takes time to, to think about what God thinks about, right? Rethinking Christmas means taking the time to reflect on the joy of our salvation yeah. and the magnitude of this gift yeah. to sacrifice his only son so that we could not only have eternal life with him someday, but experience his full life every day. Yeah. And then also to think about the, the, the meaning and the, and the miracle, right, that we actually get to carry this hope and joy within us. We, we carry the hope and light of Jesus in us and, and what we carry within us, it changes the way we look. Believe me, G, um, Mary, it changed over the course of nine months, yeah. right? It changes the way we look. What we carry changes the way we look. It, it changes the way we speak yes. at Christmas time and all the time because we, we recognize that the words that we speak represent the one that we carry. But, but this, actually, this actually takes time and intentionality. And this gets really practical for me because just like you, um, every morning I wake up to a to-do list, right? But in December, that to-do list can consume me. And I wake up thinking about that to-do list. And, and, and we can make it to every single program. We can make it to buy every single gift and we can still miss the joy of Christmas. So when I talk about you know making it practical, I, I just think about that at this time of year, the, the verse Psalm 16, 11, it says that you're gonna show me the path of life and in your presence 
is this fullness of joy. See, rethinking Christmas means to spend more time in his presence. And, and I can remember, you know, it, it was a game changer for me when, when I woke up 15 minutes earlier, right? And I spent some time, I, I used to get this Advent devotional every year. I'd read the Christmas story. I would get a special devotional just for this time of year to reflect on the magnitude of the miracle. And I used to buy one, but now actually our team has put together one on our, our Christ Fellowship app. There's an Advent devotional. Yep. There's resources there to help you and your family get focused on the real meaning of Christmas. And, and we're going to have all those available for you to help you to be able to to rethink Christmas, to to rethink the miracle of Christmas. And and, you know, remember what we said is that joy, even though it's available, it's not going to be automatic. But when we take time to spend time in his presence and we rethink Christmas, it will actually reframe our perspective. Yes. And many of us need our perspective reframed, don't we? We need to see things differently than how we've been seeing it when it comes uh, to Christmas. The second choice that you've got to make if you want to experience this true joy is you've got to replace consumption with compassion. You've got to replace consumption, I need this or I want that or I want that experience, with compassion. And this goes against everything that uh, the world is, is telling us because the world says if you get more, you'll actually be happier. If you get that job or that house or that car or you wear La Jodin perfume from Macy's, you'll run through the streets of Paris happy, right? You've seen the commercial? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Several years ago, and many of you will remember this, we made a decision as a church not to get caught up in the consumerism of Christmas, the commercialization of Christmas, and that we were gonna replace consumption with compassion. So it's not about accumulating more stuff, it's about us bringing hope to the hopeless, helping those that are hurting, bringing joy to people who have been maybe overlooked or forgotten by people, and so we're gonna let them know they're not forgotten, right? Now, I'm not saying you can't go buy presents for people in your family. That's okay. I know some of you wish I would say that because then you could use me as an excuse. Well, Pastor Todd said I didn't have to buy you nothing. Um, I'm not saying that. We're just not going to get carried away with that, right? We're not going to get so consumed with that that we miss the true message, the real story of Christmas. Yeah, you know, um, there's a scripture that says that, that we're to excel in the gift of giving. So we're talking about excelling in giving, not just buying. Yeah. Excelling in the gift of giving, not just buying gifts. And, and to become excellent in the gift of giving and not just gift giving, it means to... to Shift your perspective, right? It means that, that maybe that instead of, instead of spending a lot of time shopping for your friends, maybe spending some time with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Spending all that time with your friends, creating a moment yeah. and a memory. I remember one year, Todd, um, that we decided that, that instead of buying all of our friends' gifts, we were gonna have them over and spend some time with them in January. Because we knew all of their calendars were full in December, so we, we were going to do it in January, and the real gift was that they didn't have to get with us in for December. Christmas, right, in December, <laughs> because they already had too much to do. But finding ways to, to invest in people yes. and, and not just in, in, in the economy this right. Christmas, right? And we decided that we were going to spend less on ourselves so that we could give more, yeah. spend less on a bunch of gifts, right, that people would probably not even use and maybe not even like. So that, so that we could spend more 
on giving something that would outlast and outlive us. And so we thought about, you know, we need to, for ourselves, even give up something maybe we want to give somebody something they need. And the first year that we did this, we actually, um, we had, as a church, we actually um, had, we, we decided that we wanted to bring fresh water to India. And at that time, um, we decided we were gonna collect coins and we were going to dig water wells. But as a church, you guys were so generous that we filled jugs and jugs and jugs of these. And so when we, we put all of our money together, we didn't just get to dig one water well. We actually got to, we got to purchase a rig that went all around this region of yep. India and it dug well after well after well. And every single time there was a well that was dug, yep. there was a message yep. was attached to a church where the message of Jesus was being preached. And so even today, that gift is outlasting, outlasting yep. us. Seven years later, I don't even remember what you got me for Christmas seven Thanks years ago. But I remember that, that I was a part of yep. something. That's right, that's right. And every year through our Christ's birthday offer, we also get to carry food into places around the world where they're having food shortages. And because of our giving together at this time of the year, all throughout next year, we're able to be a part of that. Yeah, and together we're, we're feeding and housing and educating children who have no parents in Africa, in, in South America, in India, all over the world, in Honduras, yes. because of what we decide to do together. Yeah, and we're taking care of kids right here in our own foster care programs, um, helping them build a future and a life, and we get to be a part of that. Every Christmas, it, it, it just thrusts us into the year focused on that. When you came in today, um, you got a Christ's Birthday Offering magazine, and I wanna challenge you over the next couple weeks to spend some time reading through these stories, looking at just a little bit of what we get to do together uh, through our Christ's Birthday Offering. And um, those of you joining us online, there's a way that you can get a hold of one of these as well, a digital version so you can be a part of it as well. But I wanna challenge you uh, in these coming weeks, be praying, saying, God, I wanna be a part of what uh, you're doing across the world through my church. A few months ago, Julie and I got to travel with our missions team uh, to Africa, and we want you to see just one of the projects that together we get to part of because of our Christ's birthday offering. Watch this. Every year, our Christ's birthday offering carries us around the world to share the love and the message of Jesus Christ, like here in Kisiju, Kenya. Hey church, I'm here outside of Nairobi, Kenya in a village where the people have gathered to get some fresh water that you have helped make possible. See, every week in our partnership through World Serve, they deliver water all across this nation and across Africa to communities that otherwise would have to walk miles and miles to get water. This is our Christ's birthday offering in action. This is the love of God in action. And every time you and I give, then we're a part of making this happen. with WorldServe International Kenya as a truck driver. Uh, we give water to communities that are farthest from us, those communities who are really in remote areas. It has given us a platform to reach out. We tell them about the love of God and how God cares for them. Seven years old, 
she was taking care of another two children and the younger one was less than a year. So it means that this girl has had to miss school to take care of the young ones and also to fetch water. And so this thing touched our hearts so much. And one thing that I told Pastor Julie and Becky is that we have raised a golden altar in these people's home. And so we believe that God has seen them through and things will never be the same again to them. So anytime they, they hear the vehicle, they always say here, Gariamaji, Gariamaji. This means clean water truck, clean water truck. This truck is helping more than around 7,000 communities. We pray together with them, we praise God, and we tell them that Walsam has come to transform their lives. I love that through our partnership with WorldServe and these rapid water supply trucks, that we're not just giving water, we're sharing about the living water through Jesus. Can you imagine small children carrying a jug like this for miles just to bring clean water to their family? And then imagine for a minute that through our Christ birthday offering, that we are able to solve the water problem for thousands of people, thousands of children halfway around the world. These are the very things that Jesus calls us to do as his church, giving a cup of water in his name, meeting the basic needs of their life so that we can speak to the greatest need of their life, a relationship with Jesus Christ. But none of this would be possible without you. See, our Christ birthday offering, it is so much more than just an offering. It's hope for the hungry, the hurting, and the homeless. So while there are many gifts that we can give this Christmas, Julie and I believe that our Christ birthday offering is the greatest gift that's on our list because it's gonna outlast and outlive any other gift that we give. So we wanted to ask you to pray with us about what each one of us can give to help bring the hope and the light of Christmas to the people who need it most. Church, we love you. We can't wait to see what we are able to do together in the coming year. Merry Christmas. decision to replace consumption with compassion, we actually get to give a gift that is going to not just last this Christmas season, yeah, right. but for these kids, it's going to last for the rest of their lives. That's right. That's and this right. is what we get to be a part of, this eternal joy. So replacing consumption with compassion, rethinking the Christmas story. But the third thing I think is probably the most important is that, that we need to make the choice to re-gift to be a re-gifter, re-gift the greatest gift. Okay, so how many of you, confession's good for the soul, how many of you have ever re-gifted a gift that you've been given at Christmas? Okay, okay, about 20% of you actually raised your hand, but the truth is, is that 80% of people say it's okay to re-gift, 50% have suspected that they've received a gift that was given to somebody else but only 35% actually admitted to regifting. These statistics are not adding up, but we actually think that regifting is a really, really good thing. We think it's, we think it's so important that, that we become really good regifters because that's how we can experience this real joy is when we give away the gift of joy, the gift of hope, the gift of peace that, we have re that we've received because of Jesus. You know, for so many people, the holidays just are, are not joyful at all. They can be riddled with regret. There's, as we already said, there's anxiety and depression. There's, there's places in people's lives where they feel stuck and it's just a reminder 
of their unmet expectations. And yet all around them, there's, there's joy to the world playing in the malls. Every light on every tree points to this message. And the message of Christmas is truly a message of joy that we need to re-gift. Yeah, the, the prophet Isaiah actually prophesied about this Messiah who would come to bring us joy. And it says this in Isaiah 61, saying the Messiah Jesus came to bring beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, that this coming Messiah, that wherever Jesus showed up, that joy would show up. And I remind you of that verse that Julie read earlier, that the shepherd said, uh, we bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, it's interesting to note that in the original language, the root word for joy and the root word for grace are the same root word. So the root word for joy, which is kara, and the root word for grace, which is charis, tells us that joy, true joy, is anchored in the grace of God. That when you realize God's goodness and mercy is available to your lives, that no matter what's happening around you, what has happened inside of you is way more important. So therefore, nothing around me can take what God has done on the inside of me. It produces joy. Yeah, and it's our responsibility to give away what we've received, right? Um, that verse that Todd shared a few minutes ago about Acts 20, 35, where it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. I love this translation. It says there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. Yeah. And secular research even backs this up, right? There are so many studies done on this and, and most recent university research says that people from around the world report higher levels of happiness when spending money on others than when spending money on themselves. It went on to say the impact that giving has on your happiness is enormous. Yes. And this study even included kids. See, if you want to be happy, Give more than you receive. If you want your kids to be happy, teach them to be givers and not getters, right? This is the way to true happiness. See, they're probably gonna forget about that toy that you spent way too long online waiting to see if it was available and you spent way too much money on. They're gonna forget about that toy or those brand new hot sneakers that you got them. They'll forget all about that in a few years, but they're never gonna forget the joy that they experienced when they gave the toy to a child that maybe would not even have had Christmas if they had not shown up, or, or serving someone a meal that may have not had a hot meal if they hadn't given it in Jesus' name. And you know, our kids are gonna be a part of everything that we do because we're talking about in the race to the heart of the next generation, we wanna win their hearts for Jesus. We want to raise up a generation of givers because we want happy kids, right? And so our kids are gonna be receiving these water jugs, really similar to the water jugs we collected a few years back because we're going to also be raising up more water wells, digging more water wells in Kenya and Tanzania and our kids are gonna be a part of that. So we want you guys to be able to, if you see a kid walking around with an empty jug, make sure you fill it up, right? Amen. (laughs) So here's our challenge for you as we step into this season. Our challenge for you is to pray about this season, to pray about Christmas. And this ties back to the series we had on prayer, P-R-A-Y. First, we need to pause. I want to challenge you every day to spend about 15 minutes pausing and thinking about what Christmas is really about. 
getting out of the busyness and the rush and pulling aside, adding some time to your quiet time to just focus on, God, this season. Get an Advent devotional. Go on our Christ Fellowship app and download the devotional and the resources there. If you have a family, spend some time, at least once a week, talking about what this season is about, reminding them and yourself about what God wants to do in this season. So pause. And then second, R stands for rejoice. We're gonna, we're gonna give thanks for this gift of salvation, what Christmas really means, that we were lost and alone and far from God, yet God loved us so much that he, he stepped into our lives through Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate that so that even if you don't get the other present you're hoping to get, you got that present, the greatest present. And then we're gonna A, we're gonna ask. We're gonna ask the birthday boy how he wants us to celebrate his birthday. You need to ask Jesus, Jesus, how do you want me, how do you want our family to celebrate your birthday? It's your birthday. It's not our birthday, it's your birthday. How do you want us to celebrate? How do you want us to be a part of the Christ birthday offering? How, what do you want us to do for our neighbors and our friends? And if you get that perspective and ask him that question, he's gonna, he's gonna say something to you. And then why is simply yield and say yes. Say yes to whatever the Lord shows you to do and has you do for somebody else. And when we walk through these next 30 some days with praying about Christmas. I can tell you not only will your life be different, not only will your children's and your family and your neighbor's lives be different, but I believe the counties where all of our churches are are gonna be different. Like the cities are gonna be different, the communities are gonna be different because you are carrying with you the very nature and spirit of Jesus into this season in Jesus' name, amen? I wanna pray two prayers for us today. The first prayer I wanna pray is that all of you would experience the mega joy of Christmas as we just work out these choices that we've talked about today. The second prayer I wanna pray for you are the, for those of you today that need that personal joy in your life. It starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. That is the only way you will experience the peace and the hope and the joy that Jesus came to give. And guess what? You don't gotta wait till December 25th to get it. You can get it today. And so that second prayer is gonna be for you to get your relationship with Jesus right. Would you bow your heads with me across all of our locations and online? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you came to give us mega joy. We thank you that you came to fill our lives, those empty places, those broken places to heal and mend us together again. And we pray that as we walk through Christmas differently and rethink it and replace consumption with compassion, God, that you would fill our hearts and our lives and our families with joy that is overflowing, that is truly mega joy. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, I need that personal relationship with Jesus because I need the hope and the joy personally in my life. And that starts by you just opening up your life to him. I wanna lead you in a prayer. And if you would say, Todd, would you include me in this prayer? Right where you're seated, would you just raise up a hand? Hold it up high, wherever you are. I wanna see those hands all across these rooms, all across our campuses, even online. And I want you just to keep your hands up as we pray this prayer. We're all gonna pray together, but this is your prayer. And you're saying, Jesus, this, this Christmas, I, I ask you to be my Lord. Pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Fill me with your hope and give me your joy. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person from the inside out. And I'm gonna follow you every day of my life the best I know how. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for all those that made that decision today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast 
to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.